Welcome back to The Wine Show. You've got Simon Nash here, and uh, we're now going to have a chat with uh, with Bill Brand. So we had we were we were chatting um, uh, a few weeks ago, and we kind of ran out of time, and uh, we think we need to do part two. So um, welcome to the show, Bill. Bill Brand from Coonawarra. Hi, Simon. Good morning, listeners. Excellent. Now, um, uh, so we'll just recap briefly, Bill. So... Um, <coughs> We, uh, you've got a brand out that people uh, can buy, certainly on the website, but um, uh, it's a Billy Brand wines, aren't they? Um, yes, so, yes, that's right. Uh, and so people can can get that, uh, you know, on the website. But you've got so you you've got the Bill Brand family vineyards as a as a catch all right. business. Um, if people go to if people go to our our Bill Brand family vineyards, they can access the um, uh, Billy Brand. Through there, my daughter Sonia, she she's running the marketing side of things, um, and I think uh, you know you'll probably see a phone number there anyway there if you want to if you want to contact her. Otherwise, you can you can buy the wine direct at this stage. We're only a very small production. Hope to grow a bit bigger. Mm, yeah, I'm sure you will. So uh, so you you started back in the day, um, Brands Lara, and then that. Um, yep. You are now focusing on on this new project and things, but so um, I, I wanted to. What we didn't get to talk about last time, which I think will be really interesting to people, is is you know the, the old days, I guess. Um, and and obviously, Kunawara yep. has changed. You know, it, I don't know what what would your thoughts be. My my take would be that out of all of the regions, Kunawara is maybe one that hasn't changed as dramatically as maybe some other regions like I'm thinking maybe McLaren Bale or something like that over, you know, the last 50 years, let's say? Yeah, well, Kunawara grew fairly quickly back in the, in the 80s and 90s. Um, but um, since then, it's been, you know, very slow growth. We've had, you know, extra wineries come into the place. But um, you've got to keep in mind that Kunawara, uh, the majority of the you know, Kunawara are now owned by Treasury. So we only have uh, a limited number of you know, smaller producers around Kurnawara. Um but it's it's still um, very productive and very um, uh, uh, every, everybody's enthusiastic and yeah mm. they're into it yeah. So so most of them are owned by Treasury. You're saying so a lot of the vineyards yeah. are owned by Treasury. Yeah, because oh. obviously Wins is there and that that would be the <laughs> largest. Um, producer, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, wins is part of treasury, so yes, yeah, um, yeah. um, um, and so, so you know, back in in the day, you know, we were we had when we talked prior to the to our chat last time, um, you were saying that you know you remember when James Halliday was just starting, you know, writing and and he would come oh, yeah, down. I, I sort of vaguely remember. Uh, when James did his first research on his very first book, um, uh, driving into our driveway one day, and uh, must have been on a weekend. I was, I was in the shed tinkering with uh, an old motor car or something, and James wandered in and and uh, and sort of said, "Oh, you know, where's your dad?" And I said, "Oh, you find him over the house, go over the house and find him." And that, he actually wrote that in the book that he met that he came to Lera. If you look up his original book and look up. A bit about uh, Brand Lera. Um, he'll say where he, he, he saw me, and and I just I was tinkering with something, and he said, "Oh, go, go and go and find Dad in the in the uh, 
in the house. Yeah, yeah that was in the days before James was not known by anyone at that stage. He was just starting out. I think he was just out of uni or something like that. Yeah, because he he was a lawyer, I think, first, and uh, yes, yes. and would do this. So wine was his his hobby and his passion on the side of that. Oh yeah, I think he probably he probably you know during his university days probably Jimmy Watson's was just down the road from the uni, so he probably <laughs> got to like wine from from there, and yeah, and he he became very enthusiastic and very enthusiastic about Colonel Warren in those days. There wasn't too many regions around him in those days. <coughs> So where would the where would the main ones have been the Hunter I guess um, and the Yarra Hunter, Valley Barossa, and Yarra wasn't very big in those days it had just sort of started uh-huh. um, um, yeah so it, it uh, Yarra Yarra I reckon was there there wasn't much there um, in those days no. and uh, and Lynn Evans of course Lynn is uh, a legend of the wine industry. Um, well, when Lynn, Lynn came to the place and he used to call regularly, my mum used to make, we had walnut trees growing down the road, down the main drive into the winery. And my mum used to make um, pickled walnuts. So you took them before they formed the nut and pickled them mm-hmm. um, in a brine and in, in you know, vinegar mixture. And uh, <clears throat> Lynn took a liking for him and he used to come regularly <laughs> to get a jar from, of, uh, of pickled walnuts off of mum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so in part that was his, that was the reason to come to Coonawarra, and then the wine oh, was secondary. I think, <laughs> I think yeah, yeah. Well, he, 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 I mean, he obviously liked his wine and came came looking for wine, but he always made yeah. sure he was in Coonawarra. He, he called. I think the first time he turned up was late afternoon. He couldn't. Uh, it was, they said, Mum, Dad said, where are you? Where are you staying? He said, Oh, I think, I think in those days he was going to sleep in his car under a tree somewhere. So they said, Oh, look, you better, uh, you better camp here so he stayed the night with us yeah oh, that's great and do you know that's that sort of thing still happens um and and my oh, yeah. example of that is um one of one of my kids went over and organized you know for them to call in on doug bowen and they were staying at a caravan park and um they uh it was really the weather was just breaking down dramatically it was yeah. going to be an awful storm and uh and Doug and um, and his daughter, they said, no, 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 you can't go back out there. We just we've got a cottage over here. You, you just stay the night in the cottage, and um, yep. we can't have yep. you out there in the in the open in this weather. So it's it's lovely to hear that that still happens. Yeah, oh, it does. I think uh, you know we're we're isolated and we do have limited accommodation. So uh, uh, the wineries most mostly look after people that visit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so because it is, um, I mean, it, it, it's not getting any closer to either Adelaide or Melbourne, is it? But no, um, no. but you know, it's, it it is amazing to think because you, you know, it would be easy to think that it's just you know easy to get to from Adelaide because it's a South Australian winery, but uh, wine region, um, but it's it's really right in the middle. Yeah, it's a, it's about halfway mm. from. Uh, from Melbourne or Adelaide, so you know, in terms of our uh, business and that, we we op- we work out of both you know both cities really. Mm. Um, we're only about five k over the border into South Australia. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> so, um, uh, you, back in you know the, the days that we we're talking, the you know eighties, nineties, uh, would you you would see a lot of people from Victoria coming over and then also South uh, Australians Melbourne, coming down. Melbourne loved Coonawarra. In those days, you know, we yeah we we saw uh, an avalanche of people come out of Melbourne across to Coonawarra, um, 
and uh, you know a lot would come and fill their boot full of wine because they couldn't buy it anywhere else and and, and head back to to Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, and um, and we we Melbourne was a pretty favourite place for us in in the early days, like and even now. But um, the wine show, uh, Melbourne wine show, was was a great time for. Most of the industry, um, especially Coonawarra, um, but we we gather for the tasting and then have a couple of days fellowship. I suppose you could say it. We are the winemakers around Melbourne, trying out restaurants and and wine show day was always go and do the tasting in the morning, and then by lunchtime drift to Jimmy Watson's <laughs> uh, with people like Viv Thompson and and uh, Mick Morris and. Yeah. They were all great friends of our family. We'd we'd get together there and have up in the upper room have um big bowls of spaghetti and and that and uh and uh, wait around till whoever won the Jimmy Watson trophy had to crack a, a, a few um French champagnes to celebrate. That was traditional, probably still is. Yeah. Yeah. And uh of course always caught up with Harry Heidelberg. <laughs> uh, yeah. He loved his Colonel Warren and uh and he was he was uh, he was pinned back together the wine show and catch up with everyone. Yeah, yeah. So that do you still get to Jimmy Watson's now when you come over to Melbourne? I haven't been for a while. Uh, I haven't been over there, of course, in the last couple of years with COVID and all the rest of it. Mm. But no, uh, I haven't. I haven't caught up with stuff over there uh, for a little while. Um, so his uh, grandson runs it now, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's a, that was it was. Yeah, just a an icon of. Ah, uh, it was the place to gravitate to. Yeah. It really was. Yeah, yeah. And, and would, would you? Ligon Street. Yeah, Ligon Street. Yeah, of course. And and <clears throat> you know, Coonawarra Reds match up pretty well. I would have thought with uh, with Italian cuisine. Yes. Yeah. No, there's no doubt about that. They do. <laughs> and I think that's uh, a little bit why Coonawarra took off with Melbourne because Melbourne had. Uh, a fairly large Italian community in the early days, and uh, I mean, when when we started making wine, uh, dry wines weren't really noted much. You know, everyone was drinking port and cherry and those mm. sweeter wines. You know, it uh, really only took off in the very late fifties, early sixties. So, so if you're having a meal back in in you know fifties, sixties, if you were having a meal, would you? Would you have a fortified with that meal, or would you have, you know, maybe a beer or something, and then you'd move to the fortifieds after that? Quite often a sherry before, uh-huh. you know, a dry montelato or something like that, um, uh, and then very rarely we had a, had uh, uh, it was more a cup of tea towards the end of a meal, actually, um, you know, and then afterwards, um, yeah, port. Mm. So then, Rutherglen was a <clears throat> would have been a, uh, a you know a place that people would gravitate to, both from New South Wales and Victoria. Oh yeah, yeah, my favourite place actually. I love the I love the tokos and the muskets from from Rutherglen. We built up a great relationship with um, with the Morris family, with uh, Stan Colleen and uh, the Campbells, and all that. All that. I remember. Um, <coughs> We, I, we, I made wine for about ten years before I really knew what we were doing. We knew how to make it. <laughs> we knew the recipe, but we didn't know what was happening. You know, 
in terms of the uh, uh, microbiology and that. So uh, we decided that my brother and myself so we should go and uh, at Wagga they just started a wine uh, wine making course there and. Uh, because Brian Crozer, Tony Jordan, those guys were the lecturers. So mm. we tracked up there to find out what's happening inside the, inside the liquid. Um, so we knew more about it. And, of course, our trip, so our first, or well, a lot of our trips, we'd, we'd go drive a car, drive a car up there. But Because um, we did it by correspondence for about six years. And um, we'd track up there every school holidays. When they vacated the college, we moved in. And... Uh, I met a lot of, you know, winemakers that are out there now uh, in those days. And uh, we, we'd um, always come home via um, Morris's at Rallagreen mm-hmm. and uh, drop off a dozen of red wine because Mick, Mick said, we can't make any decent red wine here, so can you bring us some red wine? And we said, well, we can't make any decent musket. <laughs> and we'd turn up there and Mick would, Mick would say, oh, good day, boys. I'll bet you want some more wine out of Eric's barrel. He used to have a... <laughs> he used to have a barrel down down the back with musk in it with chalk written Eric Brand on it, and that was that was Dad's barrel. And he'd go and siphon out a couple of flagons, and we'd bring, we'd bring a couple of flagons of musk back for Dad. Yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. good to see Contra was alive and well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, yeah, um, that's, a lot of Contras happened, and a lot of it's it's to gain experience. I mean, you mm. you, you can become a bit sort of monoculturally in your own winery you taste your own wine and, and you know think it's great and 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 you know it is but you it's always good to, ch- to check it against someone else's to see what they're doing and lots of developments happen over time with the wine making techniques i mean it's still a basic recipe it's pretty much you know you used used to convert sugar into alcohol but there are a lot of other little things that have been developed over the way you go about that mm. it creates uh, create different wines yeah so back when you were you know let's say you, you when you did your course and so you had that you know so, some more technical knowledge i guess um compare that winemaking period for you um to to how you're making wine now are they vastly different or are you no of- very similar very similar we, we actually are making wine um with a basket press and open fermenters, which we we pump over or plunge in small volumes. I've always thought that um, making wine uh, in about five ton lots or or around about that or smaller, uh, you seem to have better control over temperatures and what's happening to the wine. Um, and I think I always felt you can make you know uh, better wines that way. So that's the way we do it. Um, and we use uh, a French, new French oak barrels for our maturation. Um, where in in the early days, we, uh, I mean, small barrels weren't in Australia. You, you, everything was done in massive, big. Um, oh, they were five hundred gallons in those days. So, you know, twenty twenty five thousand liter. Um, and they were oak barrels. Oak barrels. Yeah, yeah. yeah some American, uh, some French. Um, they were made, uh, some of them were just like tubes, they, they weren't like a barrel shape, they were just round tubes, sort of oval shaped tubes um, that had big bands that had um, threads on the on the, on the uh, the rods that went around, you could wind them up tighter if they leaked and that sort of thing. <laughs> and, um, you know, you had to 
had these little doors at the bottom that you had to squeeze in if you were small enough and get in and clean the inside of the barrels out. Yeah. And you wouldn't yeah. be allowed to do that now. Uh, very limited, con- no. You confined well, space be a rules. Team of, and, yeah, there'd yeah. be a team of people around you if you, you know, even now accessing stainless steel tanks, you've got to go through um, a certain amount of paperwork and you've got to have someone, at least one or two people on standby, mm. you know, watching what's going on in case... Uh, in case, because there's, there's been a few people suffocating in barrels yeah. over the years in, or in, in tanks over the years. So, um, I mean, that's good. That makes it safe. Yeah, and, and it's a necessary thing to to clean them. I mean, you've got to keep the, the winery clean, don't you? Um, you know. uh, my old grandfather, Mr. Bill Redmond, who started Rouge Homme, he, he, he lived with us in his last 10 years, lived with my family. And he always said to me, young boy, he said, you just keep the winery spotlessly clean. He said, the wine will make itself. Mm. And uh, and I think that still applies. That's that's a really good mantra to, to stick by, isn't it? Um, yep. And, and, you know, there's something nice about the fact that that does still ring true, you know, all these years later with all the development and technology yeah. that, that's happened. Um, you still need to keep the germs out. And, um, I mean, you, yep. yeah, I mean, it's, it's not ever going to be like a, a Formula One car, um, you know, garage at the at the Grand Prix. But it's just amazing when you see those guys and how, you know, it is spotless and it's, um, but, you know, you're dealing with, I don't know, concrete floors and dust and, and uh, you know, you do gravel driveways. And I know uh, we used to, because we, we, our big tanks in the, in the early days were concrete and, um, and we wax lined them pre before vintage each year, put a new coat of wax on them. But you do build up a, a bit of a culture, uh, especially with uh, the malobacteria. And uh, some wineries, um, you know, in those days, they would get the malobacteria through the secondary fermentation through before uh, it got cold. But if you didn't get that through before it got cold, um, then you had to wait till October till uh, everything warmed up before you could get your malo through, which sort of put you back before you get into oak in those days because mm. well milo is still in there stirring the wine so it doesn't settle and filtration in those days was pretty limited you know you um we sort of advanced into um diatomaceous earth filtration but probably in the last um, 10 years that the, the greatest thing that's happened for wineries is the the invention of um a cross flow filter it's just so good and so easy to operate and the new ones nowadays they just you just put a put your hose on one end and out of your tank and into the other tank and switch them on and you can go home for the weekend the whole it just filters does the job self cleans itself whenever it gets dirty um and uh, when it's when it's pumped the tank through it shuts itself down you know it's they're just incredible um for big wineries even small wineries we've we've actually just just buying one, a small one here for ourselves because it's just, and your wine finishes up almost um, sterile in terms of bacteria. So mm-hmm. um, it goes into your barrels in a condition like like we've never had before. So it means you don't have to have high sulfur levels to control um, things. So the wine's got to be better for you if it hasn't got you know high levels of sulfur. And, mm. And that sort of thing. It goes in the barrel. You top it up. You don't have to worry about, um, you know, uh, bread or any of those things. 
uh, are not as significant if you've got that wine clean before it goes in. Mm. That that is great, isn't it? And so it doesn't um, strip out too much of the flavour because that that's always a a discussion. No. Mm. The old 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 methods used to like the diatomaceous earth and all those. You limited them um, how much you filtered because it stripped out something every time you did it. And in in the old days, pre-cross pre, um, flows, you would probably filter two or three times by the time it got in the bottle. Mm. So every time you knock a little bit more out of it. I mean, I reckon some of the best wines we ever made were the very early days where we basically bottled out of the top of a barrel with a siphon hose. Mm. And I've still got some of those 66, 67, 68 wines in my cellar. And they, they're still... They're still um, good wines. So, I mean, they're old, of course, but they're they're still um, still uh, sound and drinkable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing, um, Bill. Um, we're probably uh, we're probably come to uh, to the end of our chat yeah. again. But um, end of chat. <laughs> mate, it's uh, it, it's great fun hearing the you know the stories of yeah. the old days and and uh, and hearing that you're still still making wine and uh, still yeah, no, we enjoy it. My family's enjoying it. We've got I've got my boys. Um, on the vineyards and helping in the winery and pretty much just a family show. We've got one other guy that works for us, but other than that, um, and my daughter doing the marketing. She's, she's based over in Victoria. She's in Maryborough. Um, yep. And she's, you know, does a bit of, bit of activity. I've got to mention, the very first restaurant that took on our wine was a little place in Ballarat called Saigon Alley. Right. I'll give them a plug. If you're in Ballarat, go and, go and have a glass of uh, Billy Brand at, at Saigon Alley. But yeah, so uh, um, it's great. It's great to have your family with you, you know, and, and, uh, and following the tradition. Yeah, and giving them a few tips to, to send them on their journey. Um, yes, yeah. which will be really in, exciting to watch. Um, that yeah. all develop as well. So, and um, even more exciting is when you've got the youngest grandson plunging a tank in the middle of vintage. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, and brings back the memories. Of, for you, no doubt. No yeah, doubt. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, uh, it's great. So, look, we'd, we'd love... We, we tend to... If people buy a bottle of wine, they become our friends. They're not our customers, they're our friends. So Excellent. please go and go, get on site and, uh, and buy a bottle. And, so, uh, and we hope you'll enjoy it like we do. Yep, yeah. so we are the Google Billy Brand uh, wines, yep. but, but otherwise the, the website is... Um, Bill is, Brand Family Vineyards. Thank you. Bill Brand Family Vineyards, and uh, and get yourself a six pack or a dozen, and uh, and become a friend. There you go. <laughs> and uh, keep an eye. We've got some pretty exciting rosé and, and chardonnay to come out towards the end of the year. Perfect. The next summer. Well, we will uh, we'll make sure we get some of that and, and have a chat about it. So, um, yeah. good one, mate. Thank you, Bill. Have a great Can we afternoon. Chat again? Yes, we will. <laughs> good one. Thanks, Simon. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bye. See you. Bye, bye.